today. I am joined by Eric Crocker. For those of you who don't know Eric Crocker, he is all over the internet. He does a lot of work with the 49ers, but not just that. He also does, you know, just draft work and NFL work in general. Eric, what up, man? How you doing? What's up, KP? Man, I'm excited to come on and kind of get this whole thing, thing, thing going today. This debate, man. I, 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 I put my uh, boxing gloves on. I put the tape around my wrist. You know, I, I got ready to go for this. Ready to rumble. <laughs> you, uh, you, so you even had some guys who are on TV kind of come back at you and say, don't do me like that, man. What are you doing? So <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, we are going to talk about something besides quarterbacks today. We're going to talk about Kyle Shanahan and whether he deserves enough credit. Is he getting too much credit? All of that in between. So um, Eric saw a tweet from Peter Schrager on NFL Network, and he essentially came out and said that, you know, he, he's not moving off of Mac Jones. And his line was about going to war with specific quarterbacks. And that led Eric to saying, uh, what's going on here? Essentially, Eric, what was your <laughs> initial take when you saw Schrager's, uh, Schrager's video? So, yeah, I mean, I'm listening to it. And then in the midst of listening, I hear him say basically that ultimately what I heard was his system creates the quarterback and not the other way around. Basically, you know, Kyle can win with the bare minimum quarterback or basically just a quarterback who fits what he likes to do. And from that standpoint, Matt Jones should be the guy. And he went as far to say that, hey, Kyle, he'll pretty much go to war with anyone. Like, he'll go to war with C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins instead of going with Deshaun Watson. And I, I just think, like, and he kind of came back and was like, basically, I'm leaving out context, but I'm like, dude, you just said that on this video. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you just said that. So I just thought it was a little, I thought it was a little strange, and I thought it was like, Interesting in the way that Kyle Shanahan is perceived. So that was Schrager doing a little CYA because we can see what you said and you just own it because it's on TV too. So there's no, there's no backtracking from that. But to me, I didn't really take anything new out of that. It didn't tell us anything about Kyle because you quote unquote, you go to war with what you have. So of course he's going to go to war with Nick Mullins because that's who's on there. I feel like just Schrager in that instance was leaving out a lot. So let's talk about Kyle Shanahan um, when you first first took over the job, got to the 49ers, do you remember how bad the roster was in 2017? The, the roster, it was terrible. And, you know, I, I don't think anybody would say otherwise. Um, they literally had no quarterback on the roster, especially after uh, Colin Kaepernick, you know, opted out of that last year. Um, they really had to kind of gut and redo everything about the entire situation with the 49ers and kind of rebuild an entire culture on top of trying to add talented players that could, you know, help him be somewhat successful in the first year. So knowing that he took over this talent, you know, this roster without any talent, who was the best player on the roster just looking back? Ooh, um, old man, Navarro Bowman, Joe Staley, <laughs> you know, yeah. So this is he's an offensive mastermind and his best player on offense is a left tackle. So he had Carlos Hyde was a running back, Blaine Gabbard, essentially before Jimmy came. And then they were throwing to <laughs> Bruce Ellington, Quentin Patton and the ghost of Torrey Smith. That's like that was a talent. So fast forward to 2021 and you have Brandon Ayuk, you have Debo Samuel, you have George Kittle hopefully they get something out of Jalen Hurd, but you imagine that they're probably going to add another pass catcher in the draft. And going based off of that, 
when I talk about giving Kyle Shanahan credit because he is the guy who is making these decisions, whether we want to admit it or not, he is the like it's the San Francisco Shanahan's in my mind. So knowing that the talent and you go through every position, that's why I believe he deserves more credit. And let's stick to the roster construction because it always comes back to, well, he didn't draft Deshaun Watson. Well, he didn't draft Patrick Mahomes. Like, we know this. There's a reason for this. And he thought he was going to get his man crush, Kirk Cousins, after the 2017 season. Did not happen. He made a mistake. And I feel like right now they're in a position to draft a quarterback because of that mistake. And he understands that he made a mistake. And I feel like that is where we get back to. I talked a little bit about to you about this. Kyle's evolving right before us. Like if he wanted to stay at 12 and take Mac Jones, then I imagine he would have done that. Or even, you know, ride with Jimmy for another year, whatever that may be. But I feel like all of the signs that we've been seeing, especially with the trade, especially with all these rumors going on, that is Kyle evolving. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think, okay, you know, I'll touch on that. I think initially, like with my comments and what I was going to say, in the, in the sense of Kyle, and this is how we got into the discussion, I said, Kyle, I feel like sometimes gets too much credit. And, and when I mean too much credit, not in the sense of his ability to kind of rebuild or even evaluate talent, because I think he has done a good job. I think in the sense of how he's viewed, like he's viewed, and I think it's right, but at the end of the day, I think they put a little bit too much on it. Like for a guy, there's no organization that would, and I don't think you can get anybody to really say this live, that they would take Mac Jones over Justin Fields, right? Like nobody else would come out and say that. And the only reason why people are mocking Mac Jones to the 49ers is because how they view Kyle Shanahan. Now, when I say Kyle Shanahan gets too much credit, I think it's more in a sense of he's viewed as if he's just this Super Bowl winning uh, coach. And he's viewed as doing things his way. And this 100% works because he does it this way. And it's like, no, he has not won a Super Bowl doing it that way. Obviously, right. he has got, came extremely close. Obviously, we see like that he's very competitive, even in the games where 49ers lose and whatnot. But at the end of the day, the results are the results. I can say why. Right. I mean, I can say the results are this way because of the injuries and I can make these different excuses for him. But he's viewed as this guy that has just been super successful and he can do it with anybody. And that is not the case. That's not the case. A hundred percent agree. And knowing that he can't do it with anybody, we've seen it. We have evidence that with Nick Mullins, with uh, CJ Beathard. And what I what I would say is, you know, picture think it's not results because it always comes back to wins and losses it always comes back to well look at his record without Jimmy Garoppolo and with Jimmy Garoppolo so yes of course but we have to talk about the process and the roster construction that change and think about the decisions that they have made even the ones that didn't work out to me I would make the D Ford trade every day of the week he was coming on with one of the best seasons in history for that position yes he had injury history they were betting on his health but that's the kind of risk that they've taken and that those type of risks have often worked out or they have worked out enough where they can continue to be aggressive. So these big swings that they've taken, whether it's Emmanuel Sanders trading for Jimmy Garoppolo was a big swing, a second rounder who really didn't play. And yes, they lost the Super Bowl with him, but Jimmy Garoppolo trading for him. I would make that move every day of the week, considering where they were at in that position. So when I think about just the credit that he gets, I've, that's where I come to um, building Kyle up. 
Yeah, I, I think that he definitely has taken, you know, a lot of hits in, you know, at least 49ers Twitter basically saying, oh, they don't take enough chances. And it's like, no, they, they've taken plenty of chances. They've traded up for guys. They've done a lot of stuff. And some of it has worked out. Some of it hasn't. I do think, and we can, we kind of have evidence here, when they have gone more the quote-unquote safer route, a lot of times they've missed on, on, on those things, right? When you look at their first pick, right, Solomon Thomas, that was supposed to be like, okay, let's set the stage for how this is going to go going forward, right? Um, and you look at what they did. They, they, they drafted Solomon Thomas. He's not even on the team anymore. You know, um, I would t- say they took a big swing on talent. with Foster, it didn't work out. And then you see the next year, you got Mike McGlinchey right there. And, you know, you, you see Mike McGlinchey, and it was almost like McGlinchey is the safe pick. The, okay, he can come in, he could be good. But you passed on like Derwin James and Mika Fitzpatrick, who were all pros. And, like, it would be one thing if I wasn't screaming, take one of these guys. Like, But I was like, it's got to be Mika Fitzpatrick. It's right. got to be him. He's this transcending difference maker on your defense. You can use him all these different ways. And it's like, nah, we're going to get this run-blocking right tackle who can't pass protect. We're just going to go that <laughs> route. And it seems like they've done that even in the first year, like, where there were a lot of people screaming, it's got to be Jamal Adams. He's the difference maker. He's a leader. He's going to change his whole defense. Like, and it was like, no, we're going to go with Solomon Thomas because I went to class with him. So I think there's just some times where they, and then they they got lucky getting a guy like, uh, you know, Garoppolo got hurt and Nick Bosa fell in their lap. Like, of course you're going to get that right. right. But, and, and you, I mean, you can keep going on and on about guys where it's like, you have these chances to get these high-end players and you pass on them for even more of a safer guy. Even with Debo, I love Debo. But I was higher on DK Metcalf. And it's like, nah, we don't want to take this risk on this 6'4, 230-pound, 4'3 running receiver that's a vertical threat and he can win at all areas. No, let's not do that. Let's get Debo because that's safer. He fits what we want to do. And obviously, Debo has worked out very well when he's healthy, but he still ain't DK Metcalf. And I just think we've seen that too many times with them where and and I see Mac Jones getting mocked to them, and it's like, well. Yeah, we don't think that he would do that, right? We think he, he has evolved. You talked about it, his thinking, his process. I can talk about how I've evolved with how I view quarterbacks. But at the end of the day, they have gone the more safer route in their eyes. And every time they've done that, it just has not worked out. So my pushback to what you're saying is, especially about Solomon Thomas and then Mike McGlinchey, would be the process. So John Lynch has been very, very clear that he wants to build through the trenches building through the trenches as opposed to drafting a safety, as opposed to drafting whatever skill position might be early in the round. Like, I can understand why you would lean that direction. Obviously, Nick Bosa fell in their lap. They don't get any credit for taking Nick Bosa. There is a history with Trent Williams. They they really, Shanahan probably shouldn't get that much credit for, you know, having Trent Williams because if they didn't have that previous relationship, Trent Williams would not be here right now. But I don't really fault them for taking McGlinchey over a safety considering that's what they need. Like they want to run the ball. Kyle Shannon wants to run the ball, protect the ball. That's how his style of was at the time. And then Solomon Thomas, I mean, as a draft, you know, I both of us watched the draft. I don't know how you felt about Solomon Thomas. I did not think he was a first rounder, but you know, the whole Stanford connection and that that thing didn't work out. Anyway, I still think when you take over a regime, you like how long do you get a pass for the success? You have a process, you lay out what you want to do. The 49ers were clear that they wanted to build through the trenches. So they took Thomas. They took McGlinchey. Do you give them a pass for the first two years knowing that? Or like how, how 
what, what would you go with that? I think you you definitely have to understand that there, there's going to be a process, and especially when you have that type of roster turnover. So him winning or, you know, a lot and going to the Super Bowl in year three, um, I think that that probably superseded, you know, any expectations that people had going into that year, especially coming off a year where Garoppolo had, you know, a torn, you know, ACL and he's trying to get back healthy and whatnot. I think my my bigger issue with how he's perceived, and again, I understand why. I understand the context of all of it. But the fact of the matter is, in how he's perceived, dude, you got three losing seasons in four years. You go into the Super Bowl twice in the last four years, and you don't, you haven't won. You've seen each time that maybe you can point out a play here and there, or maybe this guy, he didn't, you know, the quarterback didn't make this read, and maybe if he was somebody else, you feel like you would have made that read. But at the end of the day, he did not make the plays that needed to be made. And if you kind of go with a guy like Mac Jones, which everybody thinks he's going to go with. I think you're kind of, you're like a, a little hamster on a little wheel running in circles <laughs> and doing the same things over and over that have not lead, led you to having the success that I feel like people view him at. Like, the, And that's my thing with the, with the credit. They view him, view him as this just Super Bowl winning, can't miss head coach. And my pushback is, I feel like he has that ability, but he can't do it on his own. He needs somebody that can help take this thing over the top. And, but they view him and they talk about him as if he doesn't need that. He doesn't need anybody to take him over the top. All he needs is somebody that fits what he does. And I think that that's just wrong. And that's why I, that's why I come in saying, I feel like he's getting too much credit. I understand the rebuild. I understand how long that that process could potentially take. I do think year three is about the time where you start to think, see things going his way. Definitely wasn't expecting a Super Bowl run, but now we're back to square one and picking in the top 10. Well, we're picking at 12, but we're back to that square one of where we really were year one. So that's probably due to a lot of Kyle and the regime's just stubbornness and ego getting in the way of, hey, if he's injured, he might work out or Whatever, like just along those lines, you've seen it on a couple different picks in a couple different situations where in that you just eventually have to stop betting on guys getting injured. Does the Super Bowl appearance validate Shanahan's process of building through the injuries, taking big swings on guys? Because they you you mentioned the roster turnover. The roster today is night and day from when they took over, even night and day from 2018. I feel like in 2019, they were ahead of schedule. I remember writing about that quite a bit. Like they weren't supposed to make the Super Bowl in 2019, but everything came together. They had enough health and enough talent where they were able to overcome the injuries that, you know, did happen later on in the season. But to you, do you think that validates Shanahan's thinking, the fact that they made the Super Bowl? I think it it puts him in the right direction, right? It's like clearly it's like you you have a good mind for the way that you guys want to build this team for it to be successful. But I do think, especially when it comes to the quarterback position, which is the most important position on the field, he this this is going to really define where this goes. And not just for this. I think everybody looks at, like, well, what's going to happen this year, even with the rookie quarterback? And my thing is, okay, that's cool. Like, what's going to happen four years from now? What's going to happen six years from now? Like, what longevity are you building? This is supposed to be a pick that changes the whole trajectory of this franchise 49er fans man like since 2003 we haven't had any sense of consistency you had a few good years with Harbaugh then they blew it up like we haven't had any type of consistency and I feel like where we're at right now is where we've been 
for the better part of the last 20 years. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, what are we going to do to get out of that? And I really feel like Kyle is going to have to get out of his own way. And again, we're going to find out real quick. And I'll kind of talk about like my thought process and what my friends would tell you, right? Because Chris Sims comes out, you see the trade, Chris Sims comes out, boom, he's doing this trade for, uh, for Mac Jones because Mac Jones fits. And I know I've talked to my buddy. I know how he views quarterbacks, right? He views, he wants these processors. He wants this, wants his play ran this certain way. All right. I too was that same guy. Anybody that you talk to, if you talk to some of my really close friends, they'll tell you, Hey man, Croc don't really want the black quarterbacks in there because <laughs> a lot of times they're thinking that they want to run and they, they want to, you know, they're not going to run my play how I see fit, right? They're going to try to do some other things. Well, my thought process on even that has evolved. And now we're seeing guys that are coming out. They give you the best of both worlds. They give you the ability to really execute a play call. But they also give you the ability that when your play call does not work, I don't got to panic or anything. I can make a play with my legs. Or I can get outside the pocket and just make a play on the move, throwing the ball downfield. We see that with Josh Allen. Josh Allen, you know, or I'll, I'll even take a step back a little bit. Justin Herbert, everybody sees what Herbert does. He had the same issues that some of these other quarterbacks have coming out. Much right? worse. Oh, the, the processing or maybe not accurate as much, right? But they put him out there. And what does Justin Herbert do? I think everybody views Justin Herbert as just all of a sudden he's just this processing, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, no, dude, go watch Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is a playmaker. Yeah. He drops back and he throws it 80 yards in the air and they run underneath it. He drops back and he moves and he making plays on the move. We said the same thing with Josh Allen, right? So it's like, look, Kyle, I get the kind of quarterback that you want and that you're used to, but I hope that his thought process has changed in the sense of what it might take for him to get to the next level because so far he has not been, it has not gotten the success that somebody with his ability as a coach should have. And that's winning two Super Bowls. He should have two. I don't think the 49ers move to number three without the thought that they're going to take a playmaker, which is why this Mac talk is so silly to me. And just going back to why we're here being Mac, Mac being tied to Kyle, it feels like there's a lot of tunnel vision because Kirk Cousins played through 48 passes for Kyle Shanahan eight years ago, or because they traded for a second round quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, after they really had no other option. So those two, and even Matt Ryan, in a sense, but Matt Ryan is a lot better than what he's had, and he was also healthy. So we've seen Kyle Shanahan look defeated on the sidelines. He has what I call Shanahan shenanigans whenever his QBs didn't make <laughs> plays last year. Like, he was evidently frustrated. Um, that's not going to happen, as you mentioned, with a playmaker under center. He, he kind of told us after the game, uh, after the Monday Night Football game against the Buffalo Bills, they didn't have an answer for Josh Allen. Like, there was nothing that they could do. Every time he dropped back, you mentioned, like, the style of Herbert. Whatever, whatever Allen did that night was going to work because he was just better than everybody else. Salah had a great game plan, did not matter. That is the type of quarterback that you want to draft early, which is why, again, I think it's going to be either Fields or Lance because they make plays. What would you say the percentage of Mac Jones being a quarterback is? The quarterback at number three. In my heart of hearts, I don't know why I feel like this, but I really feel like I put it at 50% Trey Lance. I'd actually give him the the highest percentage. And then I'd say it's about 30% Justin Fields, or actually, excuse me, 30% Mac Jones, 
20% Justin Fields. Oh. So that's just in my heart of hearts. I hope I'm wrong. I want it to be, I want it to be Justin Fields. <laughs> that's who I want. <laughs> but in my heart, I feel like Trey Lance is probably the guy that they're going to go to if I had a gun to my head and I had to just put money down today. I'd say it's Trey Lance. If it's not Trey Lance, I definitely, I, I feel like there's a real chance because of the guy that he has typically liked. I think that Mac Jones can can definitely be that guy. I wouldn't do it. There's no way in hell I would trade three first round picks for Mac Jones and what he essentially is. You know, I, I couldn't do that. Or not trade three, but use three first round picks on one guy like that. But um, Kyle, there's a lot of people that's like, is Kyle just going to get his guy? And I think that's where you can see that that, that possibly happen. So I would go reverse. I would go 70% Fields. I would go 25 Lance, and I'm going 5% McCorkle. And the reason I'm doing that is because prestige means a lot to Kyle Shannon, in my opinion. And you could just, like, he is an egomaniac, is how I would describe him. He believes in himself a lot. And knowing everything that has happened to him, Fields is a perfect fit because we've seen him play through injuries. We've seen him respond to adversity. We've seen him play at the very, very highest level. Also, when people talk about upside, uh, Fields is the guy. When we're talking about the most talented quarterback, uh, maybe among all these guys, Fields is a guy because we've seen him do it against head-to-head Trevor Lawrence, against the best of the best, and Fields has always come out on top. Um, he, he, you know, in the pocket, he makes guys miss. He makes free rushers miss, which Kyle Shannon has ta- spoken about where, hey, I need a guy who can help me out, who can pick me up. That guy is Fields, and just with his experience two-year starter, at Ohio State, also played as a freshman in Georgia, probably should have played if their head coach had any sort of brain, but that didn't happen. (laughs) Um, Everything points to Justin Fields. When we use our critical thinking and based on what Kyle has told us all along, I feel like the signs have been there for this five-star quarterback who now he has a chance to groom himself. And will the offense look a little – the offense will look a lot different, but he might have to slow roll him. But once the offense essentially – gets to, you know, year two, year three, I feel like Kyle Shannon will be able to get back to his 2016 Atlanta Falcons where they were able to throw the ball down the seam, throw the ball outside the number, do a lot of different things on offense that he just hasn't been able to do these past four years. So um, that's why I feel like it is Fields because he is the best of all worlds in this sense. I think one thing that's kind of getting, I don't want to say like overlooked throughout this process but, you know, I saw a stat that Jimmy Garoppolo threw to his first read 80% of the time. So, you know, I kind of look at that and I said, you know, and for some of these guys who they say might struggle a little bit with processing or might not 100% have a grasp on everything that Kyle Shanahan wants them to do. It's like, are we saying that Trey Lance or Justin Fields can't throw to their first read 80% of the time? You know, I, I feel like they, they, they can do that. And, and then they still give you the added value of them be, being able to make plays off of that first read not being there. And that's that's even just like, you know, that's saying that they aren't that good getting to the second read, which has, you know, history where the, the stats show. No, they both definitely can do that as well. So I, I don't think that Kyle really has to change his offense um, for either one of those guys as much as people think. Um, you know, I think the way that it would look different the most is, there might be some added run plays, maybe, and more shots outside the numbers and down the field. So I think, again, and that's me just saying, look, Kyle, these dudes help you out. 
Right. They help you. They're not here to hurt. They're not here to hurt. And, you know, and they're not uh, somebody like RG3 who may, might be more stubborn or kind of, you know, different in his own way. They seem like two very high, uh, very high character guys that are willing to go above and beyond to be successful. Kyle, you have to take a chance and get outside of your comfort zone a little bit for whatever reasons you feel that way and do what's best for you and help yourself out. And that's why I think I'll give him more credit. If he drafts one of those guys, I'll give him a lot more credit. If he doesn't, um, I, I don't, I, yeah, I'll be a... <laughs> you, you, <laughs> <laughs> so so Shanahan's it. name is on the line here. And I feel like that is another reason why it's going to be Fields because he is the five-star QB, as I just mentioned. Shanahan is not going to put his reputation on the line because his name matters to him and take a guy who might be able to prop up his offense. He's going to take a guy that will for sure be able to take his offense to another level. The first read misnomer is such a stupid thing. I cannot believe that that was ever a topic of conversation because if you think about the best quarterbacks ever in the NFL, in our generation anyways, probably Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, what do they do? They get the ball out quick to the guys and let them do the work. At Ohio State, Justin Fields was throwing to Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson every time why in the world would you not throw the ball to them every time that just tells me that he understands where his matchups are Kyle Shanahan he the way he draws up plays he's going to get a, he's a matchup play caller so again like the signs keep pointing to fields but uh again I go back to his reputation um and that's why I think that it's going to be fields but let's get back to Kyle Shanahan the coach himself what would it take like let's say that it is fields or it is Lance what do you think um, – what will this do for his reputation? Do you think there is – how about this? Let me spin it this way. Can you see a scenario where those two don't work out? I, I think that there's always that possibility. I would say for any of these guys, and, and not even just the two guys that you mentioned, but for any quarterback in this class, if you go to the 49ers, I think you have a much higher chance to succeed because of the talent around, because of the offensive-minded guy that Kyle Shannon is. Because Kyle was able to look, make an undrafted, weak-armed, slow-footed Nick Mullins look like a guy that could potentially be a starter. You know, now obviously, you know, once the more he plays, you see now he does not have that type of talent. <laughs> but for stretches of time, he made Nick Mullins look like he could be a starting-level quarterback in the NFL. So I would say, like, and not just for Trey Lance, not just for Justin Fields, but any quarterback in this class you should be more successful given the talent that they possess with Kyle Shanahan. But when you talk about Trey Lance and Justin Fields, they just make it to where not only does Kyle make you successful, but you make him successful. And I think that's the ultimate thing we're looking for here. A quarterback that can make him successful. I, I talked about it on Twitter. Andy Reid has been extremely successful over 20 plus years as a head coach. It wasn't until he got uh, Mahomes where he finally won a Super Bowl. And you look at Mahomes and you look at Andy Reid. Andy Reid comes from that West Coast offense, that coaching tree, right? He went kind of, I don't want to say away from the West Coast principles, but he changed his style of play or style of play calling for this young Patrick Mahomes, who was definitely opposite of whatever Alex Smith was. And they had success with Alex Smith. But this guy is complete opposite of that. And he figured out a way to where he's the most dangerous quarterback in the NFL. So, Kyle, can you do something similar with one of these very talented guys? And I think that's the question Kyle's going to have to ask himself. But I definitely think that they can be successful. I don't both of them. 
So Mac Jones needs Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan does not need Mac Jones. Fields and Lance need Kyle, but Kyle needs them as well, based on what we've seen. Right. And when I when I ask you, um, do you think that there's a chance that they would not succeed? Do you remember Thursday Night Football this past year where they were playing the Packers and it was essentially the Ricky, the Richie James show? He was wide open all of the time. Every play against the against a playoff team, the NFC Championship team, who probably should have been in the Super Bowl, but that just tell like just that reference alone gives you an idea of how he always has guys open against the playoff team, despite the lack of talent in that situation. So I don't see a scenario where a guy like Trey Lance, a guy like Justin, even Mac Jones, like if they take Mac Jones, he's going to be good on the 49ers. Let's be very clear about that. That doesn't mean that I don't think he's going to be the pick because you're not going to trade up that draft capital for him and. Again, going back to Lance and Fields, they elevate, whereas Mac just kind of, you know, <laughs> leaves everybody as it is. I, I don't know, man. I, I just have a hard time believing uh, he's not going to take a guy who will be good not only next year, but year after, year after, year after, year after. Because all this talk, the television with Mac Jones, to me anyway, seems like everybody's just focusing on 2021. Uh, what does Kyle want right now? They did. They would not have traded multiple first round picks if they were just looking into next year, which again goes back to if we just seen the growth of Justin Fields as George at Georgia in 2019, in 2020, what, what is he going to be next year or by year two? He's probably going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. That's my opinion. What do you think about that? Nah, I, I agree. I, I would ask you this. If Kyle does take Mac Jones, what does that say about, Kyle, what, what yeah, do you think? Um, like, does it say that he's, um, does he want the credit and that's why he keeps trying to go with this guy? Or, did, you know what I'm saying? Like, what does that say about Kyle if he does take a guy like Mac Jones? And that kind of gets to the point back to, you know, where we started with all this. Does he get enough credit or not enough credit? Does he want the credit? And that's why he, it, it, you know, if he drafts a guy like, like uh, Mac Jones. That's where we get back to him being an egomaniac and he wants to play quarterback, essentially. That's what if he were to trade this draft capital and select Mac Jones, that's Kyle telling us he is the quarterback. He makes the decisions. You, he just needs somebody under under center to throw the ball where he tells them to throw the ball. Um, we've seen I mean, we've seen the line these past couple of years. There are times where while I do think they're a lot better than giving credit for it. There are going to be 10 to 15 times in a game over the course of 60 to 65 plays where the offensive line is going to break down and your quarterback has to make a play. In that sense, Kyle's telling us he can get over that because he can call a play. That is not like that's just him telling us also he lied to our face and he didn't evolve at all. Because if we see the way the game is trending, you mentioned Josh Allen, you mentioned, you mentioned uh, Justin Herbert. Look at Kyler Murray and what he's done in Arizona. Like we have firsthand information of quarterbacks need to be able to create for themselves. Mac Jones cannot create for them himself. And we have a lot of evidence, despite the media or whoever, um, all the draft analysts, um, the draft analysts, we haven't seen these bad plays from Mac Jones. There are no reels of the bad plays where you, you can see find plenty of fields and lands where they don't do this, they don't do that, where it comes off as nitpicking. And some of it is fair. But for Mac Jones, there are a lot of plays that are conveniently being left out where he just there are times where he just doesn't look like a starter at all. And that seems like an extreme statement, but it, it can get that bad. And if he's struggling at the college level 
to with athleticism because that's essentially what it comes down to making guys miss or being in a phone booth and having to avoid a defensive tackler not having a strong enough arm to make a 12-yard throw after you have to reset that's not an issue for the other two guys so yeah I think that would just be Kyle telling us telling us that it's his show and that's that's tough and if, if he does that the 49ers might end up looking for not only a new quarterback, but a new head coach in the near near future. I hope that's not the case. I think he's better than that. If he messes this pick up, what does that mean for Kyle? Even if it's not Matt Jones, let's say it's Fields and it doesn't work out. Let's say it's Lance and it doesn't work out. What does that mean for Kyle moving forward? I think that's it. I think this, I think his, uh, and again, if he gets fired, there's going to be teams lined up to, you know, bring him on as their head coach. Um, But I do think, if this doesn't work out, and I think they'll give him time, but say if he has a losing season this year and next year, and I know we're kind of getting ahead here, but if he were to have losing seasons the next two years, he's out of there. And so it a lot rides on this. And again, not picking the guy who I feel is best or you feel is best or whatever, but really just picking the right guy. And, you know, that's, that's a tough thing when you're in that type of position where, you know, you know that your livelihood kind of, falls on this and maybe that's why he goes with somebody that he's just more comfortable with. I think, you know, I look at it from my standpoint, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out doing something that I felt was best for me. And if it doesn't work out, but I know I did it my way, I can live with that. If I went with what everybody else wanted me to do and it doesn't work, I will, I will have a hard time with that. And Kyle might be thinking, you know, the same thing. Yeah, if you're going to go down, you want to go down swinging and you don't you don't want to go down with the same quarterback, essentially, that you've, you've gone down with before. And look at his career. That's the same type of quarterback. You would lump Mac Jones into the quarterbacks that have played under Kyle Shanahan. Uh, you would not do the same for Lance or for Fields. Uh, so I think that 2017 was a wash year because that was the first year. 2018, right. again, another wash year because Jimmy went down. 2019 was supposed to be year three, was supposed to be the year that we see some progress. Obviously, what um, they went well above and beyond what they were supposed to do in 2019. 2020 was supposed to be the year that we saw progress from Jimmy, but we didn't see that because he went down and that, you know, just took away from all the, the team. What happens now in 2021? Like as far as the progress goes, what are you looking for out of Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers in 2021? I feel like this definitely has to be a playoff run. You know, I don't think there's any way that you can miss the playoffs and people be OK with that. I think the only way that anybody would be like any sort of like okay with missing the playoffs, if if you watch the games, you know, at least you see some growth. Maybe he played a rookie the entire time and you see that, hey, there's something there with this rookie, and I think he definitely is going to be successful next year, right? We saw that with um, Buffalo. Buffalo, I want to say they were in the playoffs the year before they drafted Josh Allen. They actually traded up for Josh Allen, missed the playoffs. Then the next year, they were a playoff team. They were up 16-0. To the Texans. And then in Josh Allen's third year, they were in the AFC championship game and things are, you know, continuing to look up and Josh Allen is viewed the way that he is. So I think there is a scenario where if they do miss the playoffs, people might question him a little bit, but if they see that this is going in the right direction with a rookie quarterback, whoever that is, I think they'll be fine with that. I do think that just all the way around, if he takes Mac Jones and Mac Jones starts this whole time and misses the playoffs, I think he'll take a lot more criticism because there will be a lot of people saying, look, you gambled and you bet on a guy that you wanted 
and he's supposed to be the most ready guy and the guy that's supposed to come in and fit exactly. There shouldn't be any type of big transition for him because he does everything that you want him to do right now. And if you miss the playoffs with that, there's going to be a lot more criticism in comparison to where if it's Trey Lance or Justin Fields, I think people will say, well, of course, we knew there was going to be some sort of transition. Let's just see what it looks like. And if we see the high moments, then we'll be encouraged moving forward. So I think there is actually even more pressure on him if in on Mac Jones if he takes Mac Jones. Yeah, I think by taking Lafield or Lance, that Kyle would be taking the pressure off of himself by doing that. You cannot say the same with Mac Jones. And I think all that leeway with a rookie quarterback goes away and you, you almost have to win now. So I just can't imagine that scenario where Kai would do that. But again, it would just go back to him being all about himself, thinking that I can do this, I can do that. But it, they'd have to outdo a lot of people. But again, I also don't think uh, when I say outdo like Stafford, because the Rams are not the Rams of yesterday anymore. And you have to imagine the Cardinals are going to be a lot better with Kyler. And now they have, you know, they added JJ Watt and whatever AJ Green gives them and their draft. So, and then Russell Wilson is still in the division. And as long as that is the case, they're going to be a pain in the butt. So, I mean, you talked about, and we kind of started this whole thing with does Kyle get enough credit? If he takes Mac Jones and outduel Stafford, uh, Murray, <laughs> and, uh, and Russell Wilson, I'll give him all the credit in the world. Go. <laughs> You'll never hear a peep out of, out of that conversation from me again. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he'd be the GOAT if that went down. There's no doubt about it. But if he doesn't, I will not defend him. And I have no problem changing my tune on Kyle Shan if that is the case. Because, again, like that would it feels like a stubborn pick with all the information that we have. And I feel like that's why there's so much resistance to Mac Jones at number three, considering the talent that is available. Yeah, man, I agree. I agree, man. Well, man, I I, I think we're good here. I, I think uh, we touched on Kyle Shanahan. Th- there is a lot of question marks left. He has done a lot. He also has a lot left to do, and he has a lot of questions to answer. This is just the beginning. Uh, he's heading into year four, year five, and now it's time, man. And, th- and that's pretty much what it comes down to. It's time. There are no more excuses for Kyle Shanahan. You have to make it happen. Um, this is it. This is all we got. Eric, is there anything that you want to plug? Tell us what you're working on. <laughs> all right. So, hey, you guys, um, if you guys are watching right now, make sure you guys uh, subscribe to the Croc Talk TV. Make sure you guys hit that like button. That definitely helps. Um, also, I got the Patreon, patreon.com slash Croc Talk, where I, you know, I put out all my draft analysis and different topics and everything. So I appreciate everybody tuning in, man. We, we've had as much as, you know, over 90 people um, watching, you know, at a time. I appreciate all y'all wanting to come on here and debate KP a little bit. Um, And uh, yeah, and we also got some draft uh, talk in there. So that was really good. I appreciate that. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to me and known Kyle Shanahan hater, Eric Crocker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, peace out, y'all.